If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Hey coaches, TJ here. Are you tired of not having a clear roadmap or blueprint for how you get better as a coach? I've spent countless hours searching the web and coaching videos. I've subscribed to dozens of emails to get ideas on how to get better. And I've even been to every coach's clinic imaginable to try and piece together how to be more successful. I've ended up with notebooks and computer files packed with millions of drills, plays, and nuggets of wisdom, but there's no clear game plan for how to use them or how to know what might be missing. Getting better shouldn't be this hard. You shouldn't have to sort through all this clutter to get what you really need. You deserve to have the game plan, the resources, and the experts you need at your fingertips. And you should have all of these things when you need them most. And that's why we spent the past year creating a new program for coaches called Key 5 Coaching. It's a one-stop shop for all coach education, inspiration, and support you need to get better as a coach. We recently opened up 500 membership spots to our PGC coaching community and the spot sold out in less than 36 hours. So you can't get in presently, but I highly recommend adding your name to the wait list for when we allow additional coaches to get in. Just go to key5coaching.com and take 30 seconds to sign up for the wait list. You can read all about the key five pillars of coaching while you're there. That's key5coaching.com. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine, broadcasting here in Washington, D.C. Today, TJ, great topic. Before we do, let's catch up with our friends over at Shot Tracker. Coaches, you got to make sure you're tracking stuff. What gets tracked gets done. And if you haven't, go check out our friends at Shot Tracker and see how they're revolutionizing the game uh, with everything that they are tracking. The big news they recently uh, just released in the conference they'll be covering and giving analytics to every team in that conference, D1. Uh, shottracker.com. Check it out. Get some ideas for yourself and see how they're revolutionizing what's going on with analytics. TJ, I was listening the other day to a message, and during the message, a speaker shared something that got my attention. And in fact, don't you love those messages you listen to, TJ, that a week, two weeks later, you're still processing the theme of it, mm-hmm. right? It just, it just resonates. And it was a conversation about our convictions, and I think as coaches, we all have convictions. We, we believe in certain things. And he talked about when your conviction is strong, your options become weak. When your convictions become strong, your options become weak. And I want to talk about this. And, and let me just kind of phrase it in a way that would kind of put it in context. Convictions are strong. Your options are weak. Here's an example. If I'm a person, TJ, that's living a life focused on health, and and that is my conviction. I want to live a healthy lifestyle. I am strong in my conviction. You offering me something unhealthy is not even an option. It's not an option. In fact, I could almost look at you and be like, why would you offer me that? Like, You know I am about a healthy lifestyle. 
That is my conviction. You know, I think about it from a faith perspective. Um, that term conviction usually gets so connected to faith. But if my faith is strong and my conviction and my faith living contrary to that isn't really an option. And I want to talk about this because I think as coaches, it's so important that, that we have convictions. And I want to kind of just bounce that and, and kind of digest a little bit. I was listening to Bob Huggins the other day, and he was talking about recruiting. And if you follow West Virginia basketball, West Virginia loves to press. They love to get in your face. That's Bob Huggins' style. All right, He wants to, to be in your face. He wants to be well-conditioned. He, wants to, he has a certain player he wants, TJ, long, athletic, right? That, that can run, well-conditioned. That's his conviction. He believes in that style of play as his success, his formula for where he wants to go. And because of that conviction, he won't even go down the path of recruiting certain players. And he basically said, yes, that player's really talented. Not my guy. Just not my guy. Because his conviction to play a certain way is so strong, it eliminates options. And, and from a coaching perspective... I want to get your thoughts on, on conviction. When you believe certain things, some things shouldn't be an option. If you believe certain things about how you want to run your culture, then having players go against the grain of your culture isn't, shouldn't be an option. But when your convictions aren't as strong, you sometimes allow things to happen in your program that, that if your conviction was stronger, you'd maybe shut it down quicker. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting, you know, thought to process because there's there's a there's times when I think coaches should be less convicted or have less convictions about things because a lot of times hey, you wrap those two things together and sometimes convictions can equal narrow-minded, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes hard-headed, yeah. hard-headed and and so I think that uh, you you definitely need to be convicted or have convictions about certain things. You just have to be sure that that's where you want to have a conviction. That's that's the hill you're willing to die on. You know what I mean? So when you look at, for instance, Bob Huggins, like specifically, let's go basketball-wise, okay? He's so convinced this is the style of basketball that he wants to play, um, and he's not even going to look at those other kids, not even anything. Well, here's I, I don't know what his goal is. I'm not – being negative, I've, I've I've spoke for him in a clinic just this past uh, this past fall, and you know one of the things that he said is, you know when a kid doesn't do anything, does something wrong, I put him on the treadmill, and he said you ever ran a treadmill at 14 miles an hour? He said they'll learn, you know, and what do you do? So everything was treadmill because people are like, what are some ways to reach kids that are different? Like treadmill, that was his response to everything, you know. It seemed like treadmill was a conviction of his, something he was dead set on. Well. Yeah, I mean, it, looking at both those scenarios, I'm not sure you always get the most out of Kip just by putting him on the treadmill. That's one. Two is like, last time I checked, um, he hasn't won the national championship, right? And that style of play hasn't won the championship recently. And so is that a conviction you should have? And I'm not saying, I'm not hating on that style of play, and I'm not, you know, maybe he believes he can win one that way, no big deal. But I'll tell you what, I'm convicted about some of my basketball beliefs until I find a better way. And then when I find a better way, you know, I, the the my worry about having really deep convictions is that you're not open to learning, and that can be a problem. And so uh, I think you got to draw, you got to somehow balance those two be- things. Because if you don't have the strong conviction, though, people will look at you and may not know what you stand for, though. So that's the other problem, right? And I see it time and time again. A coach is convicted, quote air air quotes here, 
they're convicted that they want to have a certain culture, but they allow things. Behaviors are still an option that's on the table in the program. But but if you're that convicted to have the culture that way, to run a program that way, if, if that is truly that strong of a conviction, that shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be plausible for certain players to be able to get away with things yeah, here, if the conviction is that strong. Well, here's an example. I get this email quite often from coaches, actually. It's like, I have a team rule that if so-and-so shows up late, they're out the first quarter. Or if so-and-so misses practice, they can't play the next game. Did it right? Well, then a kid doesn't play. A parent gets furious, and how they deal, you know, like so. I I don't I don't have a problem with whatever a coach chooses to do. Like if they want to have hard and fast rules about different things, that's their decision. The problem is is that you have to be really careful that you don't put yourself in a bind that you can't get out of. You know, like for instance, you know, the, the other side of that is Coach K, and he says, you know, rules are for those that are afraid to lead. And so, so for occasion, I've had players say, well, hey, why is so-and-so sitting out a half when they did this, and why is so-and-so not sitting out, you know? And it, it would be easier if I had a hard and fast rule because I could say that's the rule, right? But the other side of that is, well, so-and-so, let's Joe is sitting out this game because over the course of three years, he's missed – He's showed up late, you know, seven times or whatever, and he's not doing good acting. Joe needs a wake-up call. Well, what about, you know, Jack? Jack just was late to practice yesterday, and, you know, Joe was late early in the week. You know what? Jack's been here three years. Jack's never been late. Jack's doing great in the classroom. I don't have any problems with him. Jack missed his alarm, you know? But when Joe's done it 18 times or whatever, it's a problem. And so, but if you have that hard and fast rule, or you could go like Gino Ariema, you know, he says – one of his philosophies is um, he doesn't take it out on the on the team. He's like, if I sit my best player, who pays for it? We all do. The entire team. So I'm going to take that best player, and I'm going to go back, and they're going to pay for it. But we're not going to lose a game because they didn't wake up. We're not going to lose, you know. And I'm not. And I'm. And I think each coach has to I be. Feel true. like that could be another episode. It, yeah, yeah, it right? could be. And I think each coach has to be it plays true into to the, the accountability. Yeah, each coach has to be true to themselves. And I. And I. I honestly think there's a lot of ways to to go and a lot of different options to choose there. But you have to be true to yourself. Like true to myself is like. I, it, my coaching philosophy or my style is like I'm going to handle each person on an individual basis. There are different people that go through different things. They're going to do that, you know. I, that's how I'm going to do it. But you know, Gino Ariema handling it like I'm going to punish the person, not the team. I, I understand that philosophy. Or so and so, I have hard and fast rules. I understand that philosophy. You just have to be careful because uh, you don't want to get yourself into a situation. I mean, was it Dean Smith? You used to always have the quote. He said, "You know, this bus is pulling out at seven o'clock." Unless Jordan's not on it, then it's going to pull out when he gets it. You know, like so. So it's and and I think you know, and and I don't think that's necessarily. I don't think Dean Smith was just gave in to everything he did, but he also recognized like we're going across the road to play Duke, and if it just so happened that he got stuck in traffic and was five minutes late, I'm not going to cut my foot off to spite my face. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's I think just being mindful of that. Well, I've got an interesting question. Let's take a quick halftime break with our friends over at Team Snap, and then we'll jump in in a moment. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication halftime tip. Players and coaches, be on guard, be engaged, and recognize when you pay attention, everything can become a teacher. 
It's a powerful reminder that we have the ability to learn from everyone and everything around us. But it requires us to pay attention, it requires us to be engaged and to attack life with a growth learning mindset. And when you do, it allows for everything around you to become a teacher that will pour into your life. Powerful reminder, coaches and players, that I hope will help you as you go through your week. Special thanks to our friends over at Team Snap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app serving over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everybody from coaches, parents, and players organized and on the same page. Check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, does it become challenging to follow a coach as a leader, right, to follow that coach if they aren't strong in their convictions. And I ask that because sometimes I, I want coaches, I, I want to know what they believe. I want to know what they stand for. I want to know what they value. And, and I want them to have a confidence in that and a conviction in that. And, and not to, well, I do feel that way, but like not always, you know, like leaving the door open to other options, right? Because strong convictions weakens options, weak convictions opens up options, right? Then we can kind of, well, I mean, coach doesn't really care about that. You know, we, we can kind of get away with that. Some days he cares, some days he doesn't. Well, you know, and, and that's where I, I find a lot. And I don't know if, TJ, I don't know if this is a younger coach challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, but what, the question to me is like, how much do you want to know? Like, do you want to know that they're uh, convicted about having integrity? They're convicted about hard work, right? Or do you want to know that if you lie, you're sitting for one half? And if you um, tell on a teammate you're sitting for a quarter? And if you do, like, that, that's, where, that's where the gray area where it gets messy. Like, when people talk about convictions, like, I'm convict, you know, a conviction of mine is to have a selfless team that cares more about their teammate than they do them themselves, right? Like it's a conviction of mine. Like, sure. So I, I want that. But I want how that. strong is it? Well, so how strong is it? Like it's deeply strong. But but does does somebody need to know that like if somebody says a negative thing to another teammate, they're sitting? Like is that what they need to know? Like I just don't think it's always that clean, and I think people want clean, and when they don't see clean, they don't think you're convicted about it, and I don't think the two are always a direct correlation. That, that's fair, and you know, I, I just think, do you get the impression that coaches lean more towards having strong convictions or kind of figuring it out? I would say that. Um, I think most coaches lighten as they age Hmm. to some degree. You know, I think that uh, they realize – let me say this. I think good coaches, the the ones I've just over time watched, right, they lighten on the little stuff, but they don't waver on the big stuff. Hmm. You know, so so it's like – you know, uh, you know, one minute late equals one mile, and they, like, they don't hold that for their entire career. But it might might be a rule when they were twenty two. You know, I think they lighten up on that, but they don't devalue being on time any less. They just change the approach to how they approach that, and um, they do it in a different way. So I, I think that you know, I mean, that's not an easy one to to answer because I think it's generalizing a lot of different types of coaches and put them in a little bit of a box. But I think that. Um, I think a lot of good coaches I've seen as they get older, 
they become more convicted about the things they're most convicted about, hmm. but they become less interested in all the little fringe things they have to have control over. Does that make sense? It, it totally does. It totally does. Coaches, this episode challenging the thought of, of how strong are your convictions and assessing those convictions and as it relates to what you allow in contrast to those convictions. And and there's a correlation between when, when that conviction becomes stronger, the options become less, right? This is what we believe. This is what we're about. So we're not going to be open in our program to this behavior, that behavior, you doing X, you doing Y, you doing Z, because the conviction is really strong. And, and if you find yourself being open to multiple things, it usually is a correlation that your conviction isn't as strong, which is fine. But I think as coaches, we constantly have to become self-aware, constantly assess ourselves. And our convictions is one of those things that's important to put under the microscope as you are approaching your upcoming season. Listen, TJ, anything you want to add on that? No, I, I think, well, yes, actually. I don't want to say no, but I had a quote. But so I think, yes, I would say that um, as you're navigating the waters of like what your convictions are, because I made it sound like convictions were bad, but they're not. I mean, sometimes committing to a particular style of play or conviction about a certain aspect of the game is, is not wrong. Just because I think and I'm convicted about defend, rebound, and take good shots, right? That's not the only way to win a basketball game. You know, you could be, uh, you know, force turnovers, create chaos, and shoot threes and trainers. I've seen a lot of teams win that way. I, I do think it is important to hang your hat on something, especially when we're specifically talking about how to play the game of basketball. Like, I, I was knocking Huggins a little bit there, like, well, that hasn't won a championship or whatever. But at the same time, like, I give him There cre- aren't many coaches that have won championships. Yeah, yeah. And I give him credit that he's going to go in and say, this is my style of play, and I'm going to stick to it, and we're going to try and find a way to win this way. And uh, be, I, I think I think that's good. I think that he's outside of the box, thinking, well, not a lot of people are doing this. Um, this is the kind of play we're gonna we're gonna play, and this is how we're gonna win the Big Twelve because we're gonna have a different style. Like I give him credit for not being status quo and follow what everybody else is doing. And I think there could be some some uh, reward in that as well. So I didn't want to just make it sound like um, I, you know you have to have my convictions. There's a lot of different convictions you have, and it comes down to style of play. I do think it is important to, to pick a few, few things you want to hang your hat on and be convicted about those. Fair enough. Listen, I am Adam. He is TJ. Together, we are the Harwood Hustle. Until next time, we are out.